Hey everyone, welcome to MCU Fan Show episode 256. My name is Sean Gerber. In a moment, I'll be joined by Paul Herman for our spoiler review of Miss Marvel episode 5, Time and Again, directed by Charmaine Obaid Shinoy and written by Fatima Asgar. This series was created for television by Bisha K. Ali, and it is a Kevin Feige production. Before our spoiler review begins, I want to remind you about Fan Show Plus, where you can hear us talk about additional MCU topics and spoiler reviews outside the MCU, like the Obi-Wan Kenobi Disney Plus series. You can find Fan Show Plus at patreon.com slash Sean Gerber or on Apple Podcasts if you become a premium subscriber by searching for the MCU Fan Show channel or Fan Show Plus. You can subscribe there and get those podcasts. Also, make sure you're following us in those places you can. We are at MCU Fan Show on Instagram and Twitter. And if you're enjoying the show, we would greatly appreciate a rating and review from you over on Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much to everyone who's already taken the time to leave their review. And now, on with our show. How you doing, Paul Herman? Man, I'm doing well. Uh, we just did like a two and a half hour Thor show, and uh, about to do some Miss Marvel. And man, it's a uh, it's a lot of Marvel, a lot of Marvel. It is. Uh, it's a it's a lot of Marvel, but uh, you know, these are the good times, right? It's the it's the good problems to that. have is too much Marvel as opposed to, and I wouldn't say too much, but. Uh, yeah, it is a, it's a, sometimes it can be a little tough when we've got to do spoiler reviews for a new episode of a Marvel Disney Plus series and a movie on the same weekend. It's happened a few times. It will probably happen uh, many more times uh, as time goes on. Um, but I am excited to dive into this episode of Miss Marvel. My feelings on this episode, it's a tale of two episodes in many ways because that's kind of where we have this very clear dividing line. We have a large flashback featuring the history of uh, Kamala's great-grandparents and her grandmother that Kamala, it turns out, plays a hand in. And then we have the second half of the episode, which is more of the present-day superhero story that we've been going through with Kamala Khan. I very much enjoyed the first half of, the ep- of this episode, but... In the second half of the episode, I, I also feel like it took on too much, and it has me a little worried about the finale. So up until this point, I've been very, very high on this series, and I think it's done a great job. I know I didn't love episode four quite as much as the first three, but I still thought it was an excellent episode. This one is great in parts, and then maybe not so great in some other parts. Overall, this is probably the, the lowest I would rate uh, an episode of Miss Marvel. I still would not go anywhere near saying this was a bad episode, but I, I'm, I'm a little concerned at where this leaves things for the, the finale and a little disappointed at how certain storylines uh, were, were kind of resolved in this uh, particular one. Um, but what do I mean by all of that? Let's stop being vague and, and let's get into it. So, Paul, I, I really like this has been a, a great week for the Marvel Studios logo. I, I talked about the metal Marvel fanfare for Thor Love and Thunder and our spoiler review uh, for that movie. And that's the last thing I'll talk about for Thor spoilers in case you haven't seen Thor Love and Thunder. Um, but uh, I, I think uh, as far as this piece of it, you got kind of the the very old newsreel film start of, uh, version of the Marvel Studios logo, almost reminiscent of the black and white Marvel Studios logo 
from uh, you know WandaVision in 19, the 1950s sitcom, but this is even uh, older than that because we're going through, uh, this is a newsreel that's taking us through the history of the partition, uh, which of course has been a, a key moment for Kamala and, and her family. Uh, that's been a, a big part of the the history for that's been feeding this story, and um, so I, I think also I just love that they included that because there's a lot of this that I'm sure people don't know, and a, and a lot of this that certainly I didn't know, and so it's a valuable I think history lesson to include that as part of it and to take the time to do that. That it's not just fodder for your story that you're actually going to take this moment to educate people a, a little bit and maybe inspire people to look at things a, a little bit further, uh, but then also increase the understanding and the empathy around, well, ideally, real-life people, but then also the characters that you're basing this uh, this story around. So all of that part of it, uh, I, I love that intro to this. And this whole first half of, of the episode, Paul, I thought was really great. This romance between Aisha who we've heard about, of course, mentioned a number of times and saw very briefly earlier in the episode, Kamala's great-grandmother, her meeting and then falling in love with and having a child, Sana, uh, with uh, Hassan. All of this, I, I thought, was really, really great. Like, this first half of the episode and, and their love story and the tragic ending to that love story, I, I, I've got, I really have no complaints about the first half of this episode. I thought all of this part of it was really well done. Yeah, I was really intrigued with the last episode where it ended, and I love where this picked up because I was thinking to myself, well, where is this all going to go? How is it all going to tie together? I, I was I was fascinated, to be honest. I, I was really, really intrigued. And again, talk about a history lesson. It's so much I don't know and I'm ignorant of, to be honest, about so many different things. And seeing this, you know, it was, again, this is good education. This is where entertainment, things like this are, are good for people to learn this stuff, man. And it was really, I, I it was really interesting and I welcomed learning all this. And, and with that, seeing the love story unfold as, it, as I'm watching, I'm watching it, Sean, I'm thinking to myself, what is, is this going to, how is it going to tie in exactly? And, you know, it, it, but it took a while for me to kind of realize what I was watching. I thought, wait, is this the whole episode? Is this going to be the whole thing? Because I was like 15, 20 minutes in before I realized, wait, I haven't seen Kamala yet, you know, or maybe it was not, around that time frame, you know, 10, 15 minutes, whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, where, where's Kamala? <laughs> What's going on here? So I was really intrigued. And then kind of, I got, I won't lie. I got a little concerned, like, how is this all going to tie together? And yeah, it was, interesting how it all worked out yeah i think the if i were to have one nitpick at the first half of this episode it has nothing to do with this storyline or how it was portrayed it's just more of what's starting to become formula like we talked about this with moon knight where we have from between wandavision and moon knight and now this the second to last episode of a series is like the journey to the past, journey through the past episode of the series. And so it's just, it's becoming a, a formulaic device that's being used. And, and I appreciate that there are differences in how each one of these executed. And this is maybe more different than, than either of the other two in, in the way it separates itself because largely our main character is not a part of this. Like this is not 
them, this is not our main character touring their own past like it was for Wanda or Mark Spector and Stephen Grant in Moon Knight. It's not like that at all. It's actually very different where really what we have here is we have a character who, where throughout the first half of this episode, what we're kind of looking at is, as you were saying, kind of wondering where Kamala is because we have to catch up to where uh, Kamala was left with at, at the train station at the end of this. So this is going even further back than the final moments uh, where we saw Kamala in last week's episode. So the way this is working in this one, I mean, going back to where it really seems to be moments after we last saw Aisha in that previous flashback where she's on the run and there, and we see her killing a British soldier. So there's that rumor that uh, Aisha once killed a man. Turns out that was true. And, um, but I, I like what this, the way this sets up her journey as a character, because I, I think it is, it was important to show why Aisha was different or chose a different path than the other clandestines, right? Because when we previously saw her, their visions, their goals, they were, it was all aligned because they just wanted to go home back to the Noor dimension and getting both bangles or at least one was a key part of being able to uh, being able to fulfill that goal. But something had to change for Aisha. Something had to change in terms of why she was no longer on the same side and, and how she diverged from the rest of the group and all of that. And I think this did a good job of showing both like how she was initially versus what she changed into and why. And because we see that, right? When she first arrives at this village and she sees her eventual husband, love of her life, father of her child, she's impressed by what he says, but she doesn't just immediately go in and start talking to him. She's standing she's standing on his roses. She's sleeping at the edge of the town. She's distancing herself from humanity. The only close contact we saw was the British soldier that she killed, right? Everything else she's keeping at, at much more than arm's length. And so what changed for her? Well, uh, this guy, Hassan, actually approached her and was kind to her. And then over time, obviously, fell in love with him and they had a child together and all of that changed. So really, it was the whole idea for Aisha and her perspective where when she was with the rest of the group, uh, with the clandestines, it was all about going home. And now her life became about the home that she built, the family that she built. That was home now. It didn't matter where she was from. Uh, home is is where she found it, right there with Hassan and with her daughter, Sana. And that's what it was about. And that whole idea and that recurring phrase of what you seek is is seeking you, which uh, we, know, we learned was, you know, it's inscribed on the bangle. But even before that, you know, it was part of a poem that uh, Hassan recited to Aisha, but then it became a recurring thing of how they, you know, inspired each other to keep going, including um, what she tells him as far as getting to the train station when he's wondering why they have to escape. And I'll get to that in a, in a moment. But um, this, Paul, I, I thought was really, really important for Aisha to show like how she was different from the other clandestines and, and why she chose differently. And it's all about the love story. It's all about the family and the home that she found here. And I think they did a really good job of, of setting that up, which obviously raises the stakes when when, Naj, when Najma shows back up again 
And then all of a sudden she is, instead of being an ally, now she's a threat to Aisha. Uh, all of this part I thought was really well done. It's really hilarious because I went watch this episode, Sean, and for a little peek behind the curtain, I, Sean knew this and my good friends knew this too, that I was potentially moving from my house and, you know, her saying like, you know, we can make, you know, it's not, your know, home is not where, you know, is that where it is now? We can make new memories and, and all this stuff. And I'm like, God, is this trying to tell me something right now? Is this God trying to be like, hey, you need to move? And this, you know, get, here's an episode of Miss Marvel to kind of help get you out there. Because because basically you have someone who has been uprooted, uprooted, not into their normal area, make a new home, having to tell that love, per, that loved one, right? The same thing that they had to go with or go through themselves, right? And basically saying that, you know, home is not the, the establishment where you are. It's where you make it. And again, that's, that's stuff you need to hear. But it was just kind of like, oh, God, this is trying to tell me something. Ugh. It was not because I did not I do not want to move. And, and for spoiler alert, I'm not moving. Thank God. Anyway, um, so I, I did like all this. This was all good stuff to see. Um, I, I wanted more like kind of, I, I, to me, I want more mythology building of the clandestines, to be honest. Uh, again, reading the comics got me a little bit intrigued knowing that, you know, where they come from and everything. And I, I just, I want more information and I, I know, I hope we get it in this, in this next episode, but I felt like they kind of, they dropped a ball of really going into like, I think explaining everything, especially what we get at the very end, because the whole time I'm thinking like, okay, they're in a different dimension, but what, what exactly is going on in this dimension? And you really yeah. don't really get, you don't get any answers even at the very end, which I think is what we both agree. I think, you know, is problematic because you talk about stakes. What exactly is going on? Right. And that's kind of my problem with this. And even though I, this is the best part of the episode, obviously, um, <laughs> my opinion, but, it sucks because I, I want to know more about the clandestines. Like what exactly is going on? What, what is driving these characters to, to be like this? What, what's, what is at home? Why are they there? Et cetera, et cetera. We don't really get a lot of good answers and it kind of sucks because Miss Marvel has been such a great series in my opinion and a surprise to, I think me caring about the family aspects that it's not delivering necessarily on the world building, which I thought it was at first. And this episode was a great indication of, or not a great, it's an indication of maybe not giving us as much as we need. And I'm, I'm a little disappointed by that. I'm obviously the, the sixth episode has a lot of, a lot to do. And I think setting up, setting us up, not the right way of understanding what's going on. Um, and obviously there's gotta be something going on, but I don't know. I I'm a little, I'm a little bummed out that we haven't gotten more. I'm hoping this next episode we get it, but I'm not holding my breath either, especially after what happened in this episode. Yeah. I don't really think, uh, they've mostly closed the door on the clandestines and transferred everything over to Kamran, who's not from the Nord dimension and doesn't really know, that much about it uh well maybe exactly. he knows a lot and but still he's not speaking from his own experience and so yeah that was the part of it that i did feel was missing a little bit as it seemed like there might have been an opportunity here because the conversations between najma and aisha were so fast and look they got kicked out of the nord dimension for a reason right they were exiled right. so 
was it an injustice or was it they did something wrong and maybe Aisha has learned that um, maybe that they were doing, they did do something wrong and, you know, they're not necessarily entitled to being able to go back, which doesn't necessarily have to factor in because, look, she doesn't want to go back. This is her home now. And so I guess there's that part of it that I guess it works on that level. But yeah, I, I thought there were more details about the clandestines that I thought we would get. And maybe there was an opportunity to throw some of that in here that ultimately just didn't happen. But what we did get in this, I, I liked. And then just the way that, you know, Hassan kind of talking about the way Sana looks at uh, the you know baby Sana is looking at Aisha like she's magic, and then um, you know as there as Najma reappears, and you know of course it's very very threatening and very ominous. You know former friends, and now they've been out of touch for years, and and now uh, when she's saying that she needs more time to see the Bengal to get the Bengal because it's hidden away for safekeeping, we know that's not true. But uh, Najma gives her 24 hours, which is time to make the escape and, and head for the train station. And there's a lot of that that I thought was just, you know, very sweet and very touching. I mean, Aisha giving son of the Bengal and saying, this will keep you safe wherever you go. And, you know, going back through that whole thing of what you seek is seeking you aspiring Hassan to, you know, keep going and, and go through with this move, even though he doesn't totally understand why what matters is like the family that they're building and in the home that they'll create together. All of that was working for me. And then when we get to the train station, it's like, okay, now we're getting to this point where Kamala Khan is, is showing up. We're catching up to where we know she is based on the ending of the previous episode. Um, but Kamala is not the only one who's there. Najma is there. And when Aisha spots her, she separates from uh, her husband and her daughter. And and look, and, and even that choice by a character I love because that's that's a choice to protect them, right? Like, I am what's connecting them to Najma, or I'm the one who's going to draw this threat. I'm the one that's drawing this threat towards them, so I need to separate myself. And that conversation between Najma and Aisha when Aisha confronts her, it's a very similar talk track that even Najma is saying to Kamran uh, that we saw in the previous episode, saying that you've turned your back on us, your family, your people, just echoing a lot of those sentiments. So it doesn't take a whole lot for Najma to feel betrayed. Um, and there's not a lot of conversation that comes around uh, that, that's to be had when she feels that way because she just then stabs um, she then stabs Aisha. And then we see that Sana and Hassan are, are separated as you know part of the famous family story that uh, we've heard about previously. Um, what we also see, though, is Aisha activates the Bengal from afar. What you seek is seeking you. So there's that inscription. And, you know, it's trying to help, uh, it's, it's trying to help Sana, but what magic is actually being performed there? Well, it's not the trail of stars just yet. That might be part of the mad, that magic may have something to do with Kamala being there in the first place because Kamala is there now and she reaches Aisha who initially mistakes Kamala for Sana saying the Bengal worked, uh, Sana, it brought you back to me. And then of course, Kamala is explaining who she is. And it's uh, Aisha telling her to get Sana on the train and protect that bangle. You have everything that you need. A great message for Kamala to hear, by the way, at this point in the story, because Kamala has, um, as we've noted throughout this story, has certainly not been feeling uh, worthy, has not been feeling up to task. Like, obviously, she's not the superhero here. You know, she's... She's playing some small part with the bangle, but she's not really the one who's the who's the driver of this story. Um 
but that's uh, that Kamala is mistaken in thinking that, uh, as Aisha is pointing out, and even saying that Sana is okay because Kamala is here. Um, and why and uh, that's Aisha saying it's not her who's going to be saving uh, Sana, like in the famous story. Uh, it's Kamala who does the saving, and Kamala even says it like afterwards, it was me, it was her the whole time. Because what actually happened when Sana followed that trail of stars, it was Kamala initially trying to make the little circles that she uses to leap from thing to thing and making a game of it to help uh, calm Sana, who was upset. That was a very nice touch. I really liked that with the way uh, Kamala was dealing with a toddler version of her grandmother. Um, And then when that part of it doesn't work, the trail of stars does appear, and that leads uh, Sana back to her father, who sees the stars and notes that that is Aisha's magic, but it's not quite in the way that it has been explained initially in the story as father and daughter are are reunited to get on the train. As Kamala notes, it was me. She's been part of the story the whole time. So uh, Kamala Khan, who thought she was not the real hero here, that she was on the fringe, uh, just on the sidelines of something much, much bigger. Uh, Well, she is actually right there at the center of this much, much bigger story, um, that this is one big uh, time loop that we've been in here uh, where Kamala Khan is the one who gets these powers and uses them to uh, to save her own grandmother. So yeah, there's some paradoxes here, as is <laughs> as we as is typical for time travel. But um, I don't know this this works for me. I, I had no issue with this, and this part of the this whole first half of the episode um, mm. I I thought was very strong. And you know the scene between Kamala and you know the great grandmother she thought she never met. Uh, as well as Kamala and a very young version of her own grandmother. Um, all of this I, I thought was great because of the way it it helps Kamala see her place in her own story, um, her place in a larger story with her family. Uh, all of that I thought was very well done. And then also just this very you know romantic first half of an episode with this uh, flashback with the, the love of her great-grandparents. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I love this too. The, the part where... You know, the little girl is uh, is is lost, and she's saying, you know, yelling out, "Oh my God, that was," you know, Lou's just a little bit younger than her, and ugh, I mean, that's that's a gut punch, man. Just, ugh, I just hate that. Just, it's just thinking about being in that situation. I just, it seems like literal hell for me. Uh, so yeah, that was again. I, I love us. I love all this family stuff. The family stuff is the best part of Miss Marvel. And anytime you you are you're enhancing that story in this series, it's always good. It's so good, and it's just a bummer because I just I want more of that. Why I love and Marvel in the first place, and Miss Marvel so different than the character in the comic books, and I actually like it better. It's just a bummer because I want more information of what is going on with their power levels and all this stuff. And then we get this because it becomes more of a letdown because all this is so good. And the time loop thing is (laughs) you got to love time loops because they're so just kind of wrap your head around it is is it's just hard for me. But at the same time, I don't care because I can turn my brain off and be like, okay, this is totally cool. And I like it. I like that idea. I love the connection between her mother, her grandmother and her and how that is important. And I love, you know, when he, she gives her the picture, that stuff is all mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. It's so good. It just, I just wish that they could have followed through a little bit more on this episode. This, this whole episode feels like, 
I don't know. It, it, it's, it's hard to explain. It felt like they, did, they didn't know where to go with the stuff and where to put it. So they wanted to put it in its own episode. But they also probably realized, oh, wait a minute. We have to tie this up together with Kamala. You know, Kamala, excuse me. And I don't know. I'm just spitballing that idea. But it just it, this episode feels very weird overall. That they, it's almost like they didn't know what to do with it with the with these scenes. They know they needed it, obviously, but they added on another episode, make it a little bit longer. I almost feel like they should have made this only five episodes, Sean, and had maybe longer episodes altogether. It maybe would have proven a little bit better, in my opinion. That's kind of where I'm looking at it right now. I don't know. I mean, I think they've they've set themselves up with a lot to do in the last one, although they could have by making different choices in this episode, they could have done less. And, and yeah, maybe this could have been a very long yeah. fifth episode finale as a longer fifth episode finale as opposed to needing another episode. But I don't know, regardless of the episode count or structure, I mean, I, I think it was good to go back and really, you know, if, if you're going to lean into some of this history through a, a global perspective, but then also through more, the more specific lens of the characters that your story is dealing with. I think it's great to go back and, and live in some of that. So I like that they did that in this episode. And, and I like that we had this flashback of, of this romance and, and the way they kind of buttoned it up of two people, you know, making something beautiful, making something much, much bigger than either of them could have created alone. All of that, I, I think, is is great, and I think it was worth telling in the first half of this episode. I just think that, you know, and I, I don't think it's the, the fault of this first half for the second half. I think there are choices that they made specifically in the second half of this episode that are, are problems all by themselves that weren't necessarily created by the first half of this episode, and, and really choices that they could have done differently um, for how they, and maybe some of these choices were, were made for the sake of what they're going to do in the finale. And we don't know what that is yet, but I do feel like some things got, things just got very, very rushed in the second half of this. So when we get to the present day, after Kamala realizes it was her the whole time, she awakens and the, the veil has opened. So she gets Kareem to go get uh, people out of this market because obviously this is bad and bad things are going to, are about to happen. Uh, elsewhere, Muniba is wondering where Kamala is and even though Sana talks about her dog being microchipped, uh, that's not what one does to uh, to daughters, <laughs> to their child. I laughed out loud but, so much. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, it was funny. And then also just like the, well, you know, the find iPod, my, iPod. yeah, oh find my, my phone. So that's what I they died. So that's what they're going to do to track Kamala. Um, but that's not going to save her in this moment. So the veil is uh, is opening up and one of the clandestines tries to go back home. She is disintegrated immediately, and Najma wants to try for herself. And Kamala tells her, begs her to just think of Kamran and to not take his family, like her, Najma, his family away from him the way she did to Aisha, because all Aisha wanted to do was be with her family, and Najma took that from her, which is true, as we just saw. Um, but Najma thinks that she's already lost Kamran because she left him behind uh, when they were escaping that not-so-supermax prison from the Department of Damage Control. But Najma hears Kamala, and she decides to do uh, the right thing, or the, the closest to, to the right thing that's available to her at this point in time, which is to close the veil. So Najma sacrifices herself to close the veil, whispers Kamran's name, 
and we see him being swept over, hit by the Noor uh, on the other side of the world, and we'll explore what that means uh, a little bit later on in the episode. Um, so this this is the part where I talk about this was super rushed. Um, we went from all the clandestines have been doing for all this time throughout, uh, you know, decades since, you know, we saw them in a previous flashback and also for a long time before that, all they've wanted to do was go home. Mm -hmm. It's what they wanted so badly that, you know, Najma was willing to kill her friend, Aisha, that she was willing to uh, harm this other kid, Kamala, that she was willing to uh, cast aside her own kid, Kamran. She was willing to do all of that to go back home because it's the only thing that she wanted. And in the span of 15 seconds, she decides that's not what she wants anymore and she's going to make the grand sacrifice to save everyone, including her kid. That was so hastily done and I don't really understand why. Like, it was a scene that should have been emotional and powerful. Like all the, you know, the, the dialogue isn't necessarily bad and, and the performances yeah. are, are not bad at all. Like Aman Vellani is doing a great job and uh, Nimra uh, Buja, who plays uh, Najma, like they're doing a great job, but the, the acting is just fine, but their acting can't overcome how fast mm -hmm. all of this is happening. And it, it just, and a lot of it just becomes let's try to say the super emotional lines because we have to make it convincing that this is all happening, that this decision process is happening so quickly. And I, I get it. It's an accelerated timetable because the veil is about to destroy all of the world. Although at this point, the veil isn't really doing any damage to anyone who's not standing immediately in front of it, trying to enter it. So I just, the way this all comes together and the way they just wipe out the clandestine plot line and transfer it over to Kamran presumably for the next episode. I, I just, I don't understand that choice. I, I don't understand building them up for four and a half episodes just to wipe them out so quickly. It, they, they were supposed to be our, and I, I get it, you can change up antagonists and whatever, but they were our main antagonists throughout this series, and it felt like that's just where it should have gone. I think they've made... I think they've made the job harder on themselves. I'll be interested to see what happens, but they've made the job harder on themselves for the finale because now you either have to transfer the primary antagonist role to Kamran, which I don't know if I'm going to really buy that. Like he, he is, uh, he likes Kamala and he believes in her and he sides with her, but what now he's going to turn bad when he finds out that his mom is gone. I don't know that I'm going to buy that. Or are you going to have damage control be the primary antagonist? I mean, they've been kind of on the fringe throughout most of this story. So I'm not really going to buy them just now being elevated to the role of primary antagonist. Like, And the emotional stakes for Kamala are with the clandestines and with Najma. So I don't understand moving them off the board, unless they're going to come back next week. But for right now, like, I don't understand moving them off the board in the span of just a few seconds when we come back to the present day. Like it just, it, it felt, it it was supposed to be a scene with, you could tell with the dialogue and the performances, it's meant to have a really big uh, emotional impact. It's supposed to have weight to it, but it, it felt weightless to me. Like I, I didn't, 
I didn't, none of that moment felt authentic or real to me. And that's not just because of the fantastic nature of it. It's because of the, the character choices and, and the way they were trying to justify it in record time that I, I just couldn't get invested in. <clears throat> yeah, I, it was so abrasive because I was expecting more of just learning again about, again, I don't want to beat that, you know, that dead horse here, but I was expecting to learn more. And the fact that they would go in and that they just, the main people, the main antagonists are gone and their essence transfers to her son. It's just like, what? It It's so, uh, it's so abrasive a little, in my opinion, that I'm just like, it, it kind of, it takes me back a little bit. I'm like, wait, wait, what? And so I'm really confused where they're going with this. And obviously they're going to have some kind of climactic battle uh, in a few battles her the guy she likes. I'm, I'm hoping they give us some reason that they're a legitimate reason why. And who knows? I don't know. I, I, it does this whole the way this is handled and how like these people, they die trying to get into their to the, you know, to where they want to go to. And it just it just doesn't it just doesn't add up to me. Right. And I'm hoping maybe there's more. There's obviously going to have to be more. But there's got to be more of the story of why they're sacrificing themselves. And they had to have known this is a possibility, right? Like, I mean, why wait all this time and think like, oh, this has got to be it. There's got to be some trepidation of, well, we don't know if it's going to if this is going to work out the way we want to, especially after she sees the first one die. Well, I mean, her decision initially, her decision is like, I can make it like she didn't make it, but I can make it. But then the decision changes, right? She intentionally decides not to go home, but to close the portal but i'm like wait a minute so like you needed the bangle to open the portal and now you could just close it by saying your son's name like i i don't and you know maybe she's tapping into some other power she has from the nor dimension or whatever because the veil is open it's just playing very fast and loose it's like oh the rules there's there's no real rules to this which fine um but we're just we're definitely you know to take a cue from wandavision we're definitely making it up as we go along uh, with the way we're handling our our characters and their choices in this scene, the, yeah, it just it, it didn't resonate with me. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that one. I the family stuff is so good; it makes up for it. But yep. yeah, this this was it, it's again disappointing because I really liked the last episode, um, the development of her powers and everything, and this just seemed like a very much uh, we got a just sweep this under the rug really quick and i don't I, Which, again i fit i don't know why that's the part that, that's yeah, so confusing yeah. to me is i'm like why did we need to have why did the why did the clandestines have to be moved off the board now like why couldn't they carry forward do you know something that separates the groups and, and whatever and the clandestines are still the main antagonist that kamala has to pursue and stop in the last episode like i don't understand this transfer over from the clandestines to kamran and or damage control that's the part that i'm kind of struggling with and we'll see maybe the finale will find a way to justify the decision that they made here in episode five doesn't necessarily mean it would justify the execution because i still think the execution falls short uh in this sequence but Hopefully the finale makes uh, this choice uh, make a, a lot more sense because right now I'm I'm kind of struggling with it. But as you mentioned, the episode uh, does get better after that. I mean, when Muniba and Sana show up and and realize that you know, and Muniba realizes Kamala is that light girl, 
Um, that I loved. And, and what I loved about it is, you know, we've been talking about this moment where Muniba is going to realize that Kamala is, you know, Nightlight or eventually Miss Marvel and, and all of that. Um, and we, we talked about kind of the conversation and, and whatever else. And we kind of get some of that here uh, later on in the episode. But I like that Kamala's or Muniba's uh, first reaction, rather, was she smiled. And, you know, there was a part about it that she, she just loved. And because I, I think, you know, it was easy for her to be critical of this person, but then realizing like really what that person had been doing was trying to help people. And like, that's her daughter who's out there trying to help people. Um, and, you know, she just loves that. And I love that she loves that. And, and Sana just calling it out. Yeah, our family is magical. And she's the one who explains when Muni was wondering what happened um, and uh, Sana is just the one summing it up is like, you know, don't can't know exactly what happened, but she would like to think that two people fell in love and created something, something much bigger than either them than either of them would have created alone. Um, and that's it's a beautiful sentiment and something that obviously as to why Sana wants to think of it and frame it that way. And you know what? She's not wrong because of the family that they created. Uh, and what became of that family as it continued all the way to uh, to these most recent generation with Kamala Khan. And so it's it's uh, that sequence um, I, I thought was great and an even better scene uh, with these three women uh, after this. But also important to note that Kamala takes a moment to say uh, farewell for now to Kareem, who says that she can call him if she ever needs anything, but also gives her a red scarf. So another piece of Kamala's eventual Miss Marvel costume is collected in this episode. Muniba also finds Kamala's broken necklace that now has that lightning bolt logo that will become part of uh, Miss Marvel's design. Um, so yeah, that realization from Muniba and the way Sana kind of sums it up, all of that was great. So we went from this hastily done uh, sequence of getting rid of the clandestines to slowing it down uh, and having these family moments, which is where the show is, is at its best. And, and obviously, proves that here in this episode. Yeah, I, I love the stuff um, with the family. I love the 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 lightning bolt. I thought that was really cool. Again, the piecing this all together is really, really cool how they've done it with the costume. Um, I, I will say I was a little bummed out because on Twitter I was flipping through and someone said, oh, we're only get this costume one time during the, during the season and there's already a different one in the next movie. I'm like, oh, that's a bummer. So... It's a little bit of bummer they're building it up just to replace it in the next uh, Marvel's film. So I don't know. I, I maybe I'm being too salty, but that's a little bit of a bummer. Yeah. Well, in general, um, I'm not a fan of when we have a uh, a series of several episodes or whatever, and we wait until the last episode to get yes. to the costume. Come in, on. In general, uh, not my favorite. And so yeah, there is. Regardless of and and I don't know I. Look, they haven't released any images, so and I haven't been, I haven't seen any photos that we're not meant to see from the set of the Marvels. So I don't know how much the costume will or won't change. But um, regardless of that, uh, you know, like because I don't think it would change that. Like, I don't think it would just no longer look like a Miss Marvel costume, for example. And I'm okay with these costumes progressing, but regard even if the costume wasn't going to change that movie's still a ways away. Like, I would still want to spend more time with Kamala Khan in her Miss Marvel costume than we're going to get uh, because we're it's been saved for the last episode. And I don't even know that they've set it up to where she's going to start in that 
costume. So like we may still need to get a, a little ways into that last episode before we see Kamala Khan as a full fledged Miss Marvel. Hopefully not too long because, yeah, I, I I like superhero costumes and I like to see characters wearing their superhero costumes yes. as, as often as we can. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we'll because, yeah, it's, it's already a disappointment that it's only going to be in the last episode. Um, hopefully that's not compounded by it being in uh, only a small amount of that last episode. But anyway, costume whining aside, uh, the that last scene of the well, it's not the very last scene of the episode, but the last scene with Muniba and Kamala and Sana, these three generations of this family, um, I thought was really great. Like we we finally get in to expand on we get to see the rebel Muniba at Kamala's age. And Sana saying that, you know, she ran away to follow her favorite Bruce Springfield uh, was great. And then Muniba corrects it. It was Bon Jovi. Um, And, uh, you know, with all the tension between, you know, the eternal struggles between mothers and daughters for this scene to give us that eternal resolution, I thought was very, very sweet and just very touching in how they did it. You know, Muniba saying to Kamala, your father and I had a lot of adventures, but I will tell you this. None of them have been as thrilling as being your mother. And recently, if I've been holding on really tight to you, it's because I am not ready to let you go. I mean, I think that's a you know familiar parental sentiment, but yes. uh, yeah, like that was. It's a very very sweet line, very well uh, very well delivered. And then you know, Sana looking at that and then apologizing for maybe not holding on to Muniba tightly enough. And Muniba says, and that it wasn't her fault. I couldn't see what you needed me to see. And then Sana saying, perhaps this was the journey I am intended to take, one that would bring me back to you. So they're just like pulling really hard on the heartstrings in this scene. Mm -hmm. But I mean, when you consider how brief this scene is, because, you know, so much time was devoted to other things in this episode um, with varying degrees of success. And I don't know what it is about these scenes, but they... They really know how to hone in on these family dynamics and, you know, the the line, the yeah. dialogue that they have, these characters, you know, saying to one another to uh, reveal these tension, you know, the tension, the disagreements and all of that. And then the way they kind of resolve them here, this is very well done. This is what the show gets best and, and it gets right uh, so often throughout. And, and that's why, like, I can enjoy it. Like, I enjoyed the first half of this episode. There's uh, a, a bit in the middle that uh, I didn't love, but then it's able to to end on on a higher note, even though this isn't the very last scene, but this is kind of the the high point of the episode for me anyway, that allows me to, you know, I, I don't end a Miss Marvel episode. I still haven't and, and hopefully will not with one more episode to go. I have not ended an episode of Miss Marvel feeling bad about the episode or feeling like, um, you know, there wasn't something that I could walk away from it, you know, feeling really good about and really happy about and, and touched by. And, and that's, you know, this scene was a, a huge part of that for me. I, I love this scene between, um, you know, between a daughter, her mother and grandmother. Yeah, I love all that stuff. The family stuff easily is the best. Um, disappointed that we didn't get more superhero stuff. It's like, you know, p- pushing the narrative forward. Um, but like I said, I, I I really they have a lot of work to do in this last episode. I'm I've lo- I've borderline loved the series. Um, to really liked it to bo- love it up until this episode. So I'm hoping that they can they can stick the landing. It's been a little bit of bumpy ride, or right now, but uh, we'll see. I'm hoping I'm I'm hoping they can na- they can nail this last episode. It's I'm a little worried. I'll be honest. I am too because I, I do feel like they have. And again, I don't. 
I don't have the advantage of knowing why they what they're doing in the finale, but based on what I've seen so far, I, I just I, I am a little worried that they've made it even more difficult to end this in a satisfying way because they've taken certain things off the board and, and shuffled in another direction, which now you have to develop those things enough to justify the choice that you made here and then also provide a satisfying resolution to those new things that you develop or expand on you know, that you hadn't really been moving in this direction up until now. So that's where uh, I'm a little worried about it. But at the same time, this has been such a great series up until this point, even in, in spite of, you know, some of the the flaws that I, I feel are, are in this episode. It's still been such a great series that I, I have faith in this creative team and their ability to to make this a great finale. And I, I got to believe that the episode where we see Kamala Khan in a full-fledged Miss Marvel costume for the first time is going to be a great episode. Like, I just believe that everybody would want that to be the case and do everything they can to make that so. And so that's where, uh, that's what I'm, I'm holding on to as we head toward the finale. And of course, you know, the last scene of this was Kamran uh, showing up to ask Brian and then finally learns the name is Bruno for help. Um, and then a damage control drone shows up, Kamran blasts it, and as Bruno realizes that he has powers too, the drone, which is flying off erratically because it got blasted, fires a missile and blows up the Circle K beneath uh, Bruno's apartment where Bruno and Kamran are. So um, again, this is kind of where we were, right? We're transferring things over from the clandestines to Kamran, and then also damage control is still here and still a problem. And I know like Kamran gets has powers and everything as a character in, in Miss Marvel comics. And so I wasn't surprised to see him end up with power, uh, end up with powers in this series at some point. Um, I just don't know if the, the meaning behind doing this now is to set him up as the villain for the finale, or maybe not. Maybe it's just going to be damage control and it's Miss Mar it's Kamala and Kamran teaming up against damage control. And that would actually make a little more sense to me at this point, because we already know damage control is an antagonist, um, we haven't really defined Kamran that way, and so you don't have to do as much work if you're going to have Kamran turn against Kamala. I would almost, if Kamran's going to turn, then I think the better move is you have the team up, and then Kamran learns the truth, and then that is what causes him to maybe become an antagonist later on down the line. I don't know. But um, you know, to actually develop that in more than just part of an episode, because obviously they're going to be doing a lot of other things in this. So yeah, there there are some question marks heading into the finale, but uh, I do have faith that this creative team is, is going to be able to pull it off and it will be an experience that leaves us uh, talking about it in a light that's much more akin to you know the first few episodes of the series as opposed to uh, this penultimate one uh, in episode five. But that is where we will wrap up this spoiler review of Miss Marvel. Thank you all so much for listening. Make sure you're checking out Fanshow Plus at patreon.com slash Sean Gerber, or on Apple Podcasts. Uh, make sure you're also following us at MCU Fan Show on Twitter and Instagram and leaving, and if you can, please, we would greatly appreciate a rating and review from you over on Apple Podcasts. Paul, where can they find you? You can find me on, tw uh, on Twitter at Herman22 with two N's, a.k.a. P-Thug. Also follow the Comic Binge YouTube channel where we do lots of comic book uh, focused uh, YouTube channel or YouTube videos. Excuse me. Sorry, it's been a long day. Uh, but yeah, go ahead and subscribe and check out videos there. I really appreciate it. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Sean Gerber. So for Paul, I'm Sean. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.